Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s Garage. Hi, welcome to J.C.'s Garage. I'm J.C. Fickenshire, joined by David Stiles. Christopher Bell gets his first win of the 2022 season at Loudoun in New Hampshire and uh, beats Martin Truex, Chase Elliott, uh, Joey Logano, and Kurt Busch towards the end. That that four-way battle between Joey, Kurt, uh, Chase Elliott, and... Christopher Bell was was pretty good, and uh, Christopher Bell edged out Chase Elliott, passed him, and kind of ran with it. But a big win for him, gets his second career win, and uh, puts himself in the playoffs. Yeah, his first career win coming on the road course in Daytona. So, uh, and it that doesn't need to be overshadowed by the fact that he's really good at New Hampshire. This is his third Cup race at New Hampshire, his first win, but he's finished in the top ten the other two times that he's raced here. So he's he's really good at this track. For me, Truex was the lead dog all day, led 172 laps, finished first in both of the first two stages. He looked like the penultimate winner or the guy to beat. And then they had a, you know, a strange little pit call there and took two tires. I think they put new two new two two new tires on one side and then two tires that had 12 laps on it on the other side and when you're at new hampshire you really don't think about you know tires playing that big of a deal you know an impact on the race but it definitely changed his car and then he got you know marred back in the pack and had to drive back up through it and when he was on the radio he was basically saying what has happened like the car is completely different than what it was when we were running up front so again he's right on the cusp of getting a win and the toyotas were definitely you know in in play today because look at the leaders. You had Truex leading 172 laps, Christopher Bell leading 42 laps, Kurt Busch leading 40 laps. So three big Toyota teams showed up in Loudoun. They ran really well. And for me, I think Christopher Bell's car kind of came on there at the end, and he's really, really good at New Hampshire. Yeah, he's won a couple Xfinity races there, won a truck race there. Uh, Very, very, very good at uh, New Hampshire. But uh, a big strategy race towards the end of the race. Uh, obviously, Truex had a bad strategy. He ended up finishing in the top five, I think. And uh, Joey Logano and Kurt Busch were on a different strategy where uh, they needed to pit. They were hoping for a caution towards the end of the race. But uh, both of them couldn't make it there. And uh, 23XI with Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace having a great day. Bubba Wallace finishing third and uh, Kurt Busch finishing 10th, leading some laps towards the end. Uh, they brought some fast cars to the track, and I think that's uh, that's good to look at uh, when we're coming down towards the end of the season. I agree, and how big of a shot in the arm is it for Bubba Wallace to finish third in this race? I mean, huge shot in the arm for them. Kurt Busch already in with a win. I feel like if Bubba can kind of right the ship and maybe get a win here in the next couple of races, they could they could punch their way into the playoffs. And then that upsets the whole apple cart because there's only two spots left. We're fighting for two spots, and right now that's Blaney and Truex, and they're in on points, and then the rest of it's kind of up in the air because we have 14 winners. This is insane. Like I, At the beginning of the year, I know that we were saying, well, this could be the year we could get to 16 winners, and I've, I've wanted it all year, but I've never really thought that it would happen. Yeah, and and Harvick also, who had a good day, he still doesn't have a win. 
Bubba Wallace. This isn't New Hampshire is not known to be a good track for him. It's actually for, through past history one of his worst tracks. And uh, for him to go through a third place finish down, uh, that's that's definitely momentum. And we're going to Pocono next, which he's done pretty good at. So maybe he could get one there. We obviously go to Daytona as the last race. We know Bubba Wallace is good there. Finished second in the 500. And uh, he's done that a couple times. Uh, I think he might have a shot. Kevin Harvick, uh, we're going to Michigan soon. He'll be good there. And uh, obviously, Ryan Blaney and Truex still don't have a win. Yeah, and, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Like we, I mean, how many races do we have left in the regular season? Six now? Yeah. I mean, it, the pressure is being ratcheted up. If you're in those bottom three spots... I mean, you're you're looking around and saying, okay, where can we pick up a win at? Because if you, I feel like if you don't get a win now, then you're gonna you're gonna miss the boat. And Truex had a great opportunity to do that yesterday, and the strategy just came back and bit him in the butt. I mean, that's that's about all I can say. I mean, 172 laps, just dominant race performance, but it just didn't pan out for him. Yeah, um, I was there, uh, kind of roaming around the track and. Uh... At the start of the race, the first two stages, it looked like nobody was going to stop Truex. And uh, they made that, that pit call, and he started back in the pack, and the car wasn't handling good. And uh, then you saw some other cars come alive, and, and one of those was Christopher Bell. He had a rocket ship under under the hood. And uh, I'd like to see what he can do going into the playoffs, but I think him winning this really jumbles up the playoffs, even though before... He was above the cutoff line, but locking up a spot and only letting two spots left with guys like Ryan Blaney, Truex, and Kevin Harvick, who one of those guys isn't going to make the playoffs, and we still don't know which one it's going to be. So Yeah, so so the bottom two that are in are Blaney, he's plus 105, Truex at plus 68. The first one out would be Kevin Harvick at minus 68, then Eric Almarola, Eric Jones, and Austin Dillon. And it's just crazy. Like we have, we've had five first-time winners this year, so we're having a lot of guys win that don't typically win, or they have not won in the past. And there's still a handful of drivers out there that I feel like are capable of winning multiple races or having looks at winning races. And now we're kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty, and there's only two spots left. Which that's why I'm such a big fan. Is if we have more than 16 drivers win a race. I think they should just keep the adage, if you win, you're in, and just move all of those drivers into the playoffs and then make that cut after the round of uh, 16 when we go to 12 drivers. I think that is, to me, that's very attractive. I think that that will add a, a lot more drama than what we have now because if if we do get to 16 and then we do hit 17, it's just going to go down to points, and then someone's going to be on the outside looking in. And to me, that's just – that's not it's not lazy, but it – to me, it doesn't add the next level of drama that I kind of want to see play out in this 2022 season. Yeah, and it's it's going to get really interesting down towards the end of the season because the tracks we have are Daytona, the Indy Road Course, which has only had one race on it. We're going to have a new car go there, so that's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, Walkins, Glen, Pocono, and uh, Michigan. And those are like, all of those tracks are different. And... Uh, they're all like really, really special and unique in their own ways. So it's it's going to be interesting. We can definitely go over sixteen winners, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how this plays out towards the end of the season. 
So besides the drama that was up front in the top four that were kind of rolling around there to get the different leaders and then Truex dominating the race, we did have a group of guys that were racing around one another that there is some friction with. Uh, two of those guys are Austin Dillon and Brad Keselowski, and they actually were bumping one another during a caution, and then Brad was just like, I've had enough, and just pushed Austin Austin all the way down <laughs> into the infield grass. And, I mean, I thought they were going to get out and have a fight at the end of the thing, but mm -hmm. just those two guys do not like one another. What was kind of your take on what you saw when they were doing that under the caution? Well, it was definitely interesting. Austin Dillon kind of started it. He gave a, gave Brad a nudge, and then Brad was just over with it, and he drove him all the way down to the inside into the grass. But uh, the biggest thing I take off of it is uh, it could have hurt Brad's chance to win the race because he finished seventh. He blew a tire in that instance and did have some damage and lost track position. So... I'm not saying that he would have won the race or would have been in the top three to win it, but he could have had a shot at winning the race if he didn't do that, um, but we'll never really know. Austin Dillon obviously finished 23rd. Uh, not a good day for him, but uh, another takeaway from, from the Roush Fenway Kozlowski guys, uh, a decent run from them, but Brad Kozlowski might have made it worse. Yeah, I agree. And and to me, I feel like Brad needs to have a couple of good runs in a row. That penalty at the beginning of the year with the, you know, the thousand dollars and then all of the playoff points, that's really kind of crippled that team. And I feel like he'll show instances of his former self, you know, when he was running in the two car at Team Penske. And so I feel like it, he's just a little off, like he's almost there to being the Brad Keselowski that we used to see in that Miller Lite too. And so I, I feel like he can just get over the hump. He he may come back and end up winning a race. But if he does that, he's going to have to be in the, what, top 30 in points. And he's yeah. he's pretty close to not being there. So he's 29th. So <laughs> if he gets a win, he's within the top 30. So he would make the playoffs. But it seems like they've just been on an uphill battle all year long. And him and Austin Dillon just do not get along. And this is what Austin had to say at the end of the race after that incident in New Hampshire. It's just hard racing, I guess. I'm, uh, we've uh, gone at it a couple times the last two years. Uh, one time I hit really hard, so um, just don't like the way certain people race me and uh, probably not the right way to do it under a caution. Um, but we weren't very good today. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, go to fight on uh, the next race and we got to get this three car in uh, the playoffs. Does this warrant a conversation with Brad? No, nah, I don't talk to him. Now, obviously, Austin Dillon is, is very frustrated with that, and he uh, he does say that he took a hard hit from Brad Kozlowski, and I'm pretty sure that was from uh, Michigan or Kansas, one of the longer uh, intermediate tracks where towards the end of the stage they were battling for, for uh, like, seventh or, or sixth in the stage, and uh, after they crossed the line, Brad Kozlowski turned uh, Austin Dillon, and he took a, took a really hard lick into the outside wall down the front stretch. But, uh, yeah, a, a lot going on between them. We'll see uh, if that affects both of them going down towards the end of the season and uh, maybe hurts them trying to get a spot in the playoffs. I'll have to hand it to Austin Dillon. He's been in – he's won some big races. He – you know, he's he's won a couple crown jewels. He's won some, some big races for him. And he – when he crashes, he crashes. I mean, <laughs> the, the crash at Daytona – 
uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago where he gets up into the fence and rolls over on his top and everyone's like, oh my goodness, I hope he's okay. And he gets out and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Or like the one that you're talking about where he hits the wall so hard when he wrecks, he, he wrecks pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And I, I give him, you know, a lot of credit, uh, when she asked, are you going to talk to Brad? And he goes, no, I don't talk to him at all. So I, I like the friction. Uh, I want these drivers to be mad at one another and a ongoing feud that we got to see a little bit of in New Hampshire was Ross and Denny Hamlin. They they're still feuding a little bit and it was that whole kind of situation. No one really got pushed or moved out of the way, but Denny definitely, you know, nudged Ross Chastain up the track and took a position away from him. And then they raced beside one another for a long time. And you could tell that Ross was trying to play nice. He was like, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, make this worse, but for me, I just want Ross to, to punt him. Like I'm tired of it. I want, I want them to feud. I want Ross to still drive aggressive and then get out of the car and be like, well, he was in the way. And so I put him in the wall. Yeah. And, Compared to the intermediates, the uh, more banked tracks this season, this this is Trackhouse's uh, side of the of the series that they're not the greatest at, and it's the uh, flatter one mile, one and a half mile tracks. But uh, they both threw a top ten run, uh, both Daniel Suarez and uh, Ross Chastain finishing eighth and ninth, and Ross Chastain finishing eighth, Daniel Suarez finishing ninth. So uh, kind of a comeback from them. They weren't too hot. Uh, also, uh, Hendrick was, other than Chase Elliott, they were kind of a no-show at uh, New Hampshire. Alex Bowman wrecked out really early, about like six laps into the race. Uh, he started back in the pack and got uh, Ty, Ty Dillon got loose in front of him and he was just along for the ride. But uh, Kyle Larson finishing 14th and uh, William Byron finishing 11th. That's not horrible, but for Hendrick standards, it's not great. Yeah, and I feel like William Byron has kind of disappeared. He won those two races early in the year, had the really good running at Darlington, got wrecked by Joey Logano, and ever since then, he's been consistent where he's finishing, you know, somewhat decently, but he just has not been up there like he was at the beginning of the season getting looks for wins, which I think is what indicates how well you're doing at a particular moment in the season. So for him, I, I think he needs to kind of step it up a little bit if he's going to make a run deep into the playoffs. Bowman has just had bad luck the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he just gets collected in some kind of incident that's not of his own making. So for all of those other cars, you know, Chase Elliott has probably been the most consistent besides Ryan Blaney all season long. He was leading the points before he ended up being the first driver to get three wins so Elliot solid look solid pick going into the playoffs I think Larson is just kind of buying his time and he'll you know eventually turn it on here in the next couple of weeks he could he could easily win at any of these tracks that we're getting ready to go to so for me it still feels like Chevy has the upper hand when we go to all these racetracks I mean if you look back at the top 10 finishing there were a couple of Toyotas in there but you had Toyota winning the race with Christopher Bell then Elliot and then, you know, three more, uh, two more Toyotas, then a Ford, Denny Hamlin, another Ford. And then to round it out, you know, you had the other two Chevys, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez, who both, like you said, drive for Trackhouse and has arguably been the best team all year long. So I feel like Chevy still has a little bit of an upper hand, but the Toyotas definitely had a lot of speed at the style of racetrack that we were at in New Hampshire. So I think. Down the stretch, this is going to get kind of dicey. I mean, we could see anybody kind of come up and get a win. 
Yeah, and one of those Toyotas who had a uh, very crazy day, Kyle Busch spun out like twice in the early part of the race, uh, came back and finished 12th, so doesn't get points towards the end, but the fact that he spun out twice, had to restart in the back twice, and uh, ran through the field and finished 12th is uh, pretty impressive, and New at New Hampshire, it wasn't too easy to pass, so it's a good look for them. I guess the Toyotas are 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 fast at these tracks. I've we've noticed that uh these these flatter one mile tracks, kind of like uh, Phoenix or Gateway or now New Hampshire and kind of Richmond. Richmond didn't have the greatest racing, but it definitely evens the playing field for all the manufacturers, and uh, each one has a has a solid shot at winning the race. Yeah, I agree. So just add a little thing onto this. Were you kind of confused by the paint schemes that JGR was running? Because <laughs> Truex was running interstate batteries, which has typically been, you know, a Kyle Busch number 18 look. And then Kyle Busch was running a DeWalt paint scheme, which is typically what the 20 and Christopher Bell would, would run. So I'm sitting here at the beginning of the race watching this and I'm going, wait. Who, which cars are these? I was so confused. <laughs> it was, uh, it was really, really confusing. And, uh, the, the interstate scheme, like the number didn't pop out. So it like kind of blended in. So the only way you could tell it was Truex is if you knew Truex was running that scheme before the race, or you saw it on the scoreboard, the leaderboard. And, uh, I just, the uh, Kyle Bush's scheme, I, Wanted to say it was the 20 scheme, the the 18 car. That number didn't really pop out either. Uh, I get that the companies want to be moving around on different cars and, and different drivers, but I just don't like it. It's super confusing, and uh, it's just hard to keep up with. <laughs> well, just especially for those two schemes, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's different. Denny Hamlin's going to be with FedEx, I feel like, forever. Yeah. They love him, so he's going to have that purple, orange, white type scheme and then christopher bell has run a bunch of different schemes this year he was with reem this weekend uh when he won at new hampshire so i I get the changing paint schemes and i get the era that we're in where you're not going to have a single sponsor on the car all year round but to switch them like that when those cars have typically been you know a certain with a certain look it was kind of confusing until you you know, got settled into the race and you're like, okay. And I actually really liked the, the, the scheme on, on Kyle Busch's car. Yeah. I thought it looked really good. I thought both of them looked really good. I, I love the interstate battery scheme, the uh, newer one with like the lightning bolts on the side yeah. of it. It's uh it's really stands out. And the De- DeWalt scheme is, uh, it's kind of a classic with the, uh, Matt Kenseth-y kind of look, but they, they touched up on it and it, it really does look good. So, Joe Gibbs doing good with the paint schemes, but a little bit confusing. So uh, as we go to Pocono, we don't know who's going to win that yet. It's a uh, it's a triangle, and we uh, haven't raced on a triangle yet this year, and it will be the only race we race on a triangle. Um, last it was year, like I was asking Todd Bodine <laughs> last week. I said, does it have six <laughs> turns, or is it three turns? And he's like, it's three turns. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's... It's... It's it's a weird track. It's something that we uh, don't see at all until we get there. Um, last year, Alex Bowman stole one from Kyle Larson, and Kyle Larson was about to put three in a row. So this is this is the race that Kyle Larson 
he lost it, but this is about the time where he heated up last year for last season. We have saw Chase Elliott's uh, definitely heating up now. He finished second last week and uh, popped off two wins in a row or some uh, two wins at Nashville and then went to uh, uh, where'd they go? Uh, what was it? Road America? Road America and uh, battled with uh, Tyler Reddick. Also big news for him. We'll talk a little bit on that. Uh, but Pocono is is going to be an interesting race. It's one, are we going to see like we saw at New Hampshire where everyone has a shot? Is it going to be one where the Chevys go out and, and roll fast or the Fords might take it or the Toyotas? I really can't pick a favorite yet. I, I want to go through it again, but I know Bubba Wallace and the Toyotas were solid last year. Kyle Busch won the second race at Pocono. It was uh, it was kind of a, a Toyota and Chevy show last year, from what I remember. Yeah, and to me, I feel like Kevin Harvick's really good at Pocono. Ryan Blaney got his first ever win on the Cup Series at, at Pocono. So the Fords are not terrible at this track, but at the same time, like Todd Bodine was saying last week, everything that we have known in the past about going to this track, we have to throw it out because this car is so different. And we have so much parity right now. I feel like it's really kind of a toss-up. And last week I said that I kind of liked Truex because, again, New Hampshire is one of his hometown tracks. He's got like seven of them. But I, I picked him last week. He goes out, almost wins the race. And I was like, man, I was so close. So if I'm, I'm going to have to pick somebody, I think, I mean, Kevin Harvick kind of been trending up the past couple of weeks. I, I picked him to get in to the playoffs. So I'm going to have to go with Harvick, I think. He could pull it off in Pocono. He's very savvy. It's, they seem to be trending in the right direction, finishing the top five at New Hampshire. So it could, I mean, it could happen. But like you said, we simply don't know. And I don't feel like it's, there's a good way, there's not a good way for us to logically pick someone because this car's never been to this track before. Yeah. And one guy I think I would have to say, though, I'd pick at the rest of these tracks is, Right now, Chase Elliott is on fire. Uh, went to Nashville and 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 won the race. Uh, after that, went to Red America, finished second. Uh, Tyler Reddick beat him out and uh, went to Nashville or went to Atlanta after that, our past race before New Hampshire and uh, finished first and then comes back to New Hampshire and finishes second. So he's been one, two, one, two, one, two. Maybe that uh, carries on for the rest of the season. Maybe it doesn't. But big news from Tyler Reddick. Um, this is going to play out really weird. I'm interested to see how it plays out because he signs a uh, contract to race with 2311 and uh, Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's team in 2024, but he's still racing with RCR uh, for the end of this year and next year. So do you think RCR might move their equipment around and focus more on Austin Dillon, or do you think they're still going to try and give Tyler Reddick a shot to win a championship? See, that's a hard that's a hard question. And I know that Richard Childers, to me, I feel like that would come to a huge shock. And from the people that I've talked to, it did come to a huge shock because they were having, I think 2311 was having a press conference and Tyler Reddick hopped on the press conference and everyone was just confused. They're, they were saying, why is he on this press conference? He must have gotten the wrong link. And then all of a sudden they – said, well, we're here to announce that Tyler Reddick is going to race for 2311 in 2024. So that's 18 months. He's got 18 more months with RCR. And it would not surprise me one bit 
if the uh, company said, well, you're no longer invited to these meetings. You're no longer invited to these strategy meetings because we don't want you to know what we're planning to do with our race cars at RCR and then take that information to 2311. So he's kind of marooned himself on an island, so to say. I think that they're still going to try hard. When it's Sunday, they're still going to go out there. They're going to try to win races. He's going to try to put that car up front for the sponsors and for his team and go win a championship. I feel like that's, that's his main objective. But at the same time, there has to be a little bit of animosity in that situation where, you know, they, he, this team brought him his first cup win. I mean, he won his first cup win with RCR and for him to just leave halfway through his, you know, he's what in his second year and it'll be, you know, another 18 months to me, that just, that's kind of like a a slap in the face to RCR. So I don't, I don't know. To me, it, I get it why he's doing it, and I understand that you're going to be on a team with Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin, and Kurt Busch, and Bubba Wallace. I mean, that's those are polarizing figures in the sport. But at the same time, you know, you RCR took a chance on you and put you in a in a decent equipment and gave you chances to win races, and you've done that, and you're running for a championship with them now. To me, it just seems it just seems a little bit wrong. And and not only on the cup side did they give him his first career win and give him fast race cars, shots at wins. Um, the Xfinity Series, he won a championship with Junior Motorsports, then went on to RCR and won another one, back-to-back Xfinity championships. So RCR has done a lot for Tyler Reddick, put him, given him a Xfinity Series championship, uh, put him in the eight car in the cup series, given him his first career win there. So... Well, we'll have to see how this goes on, uh, but very, very interesting. And he did finish 21st at New Hampshire, so not a good race at all for him uh, after running up front at Atlanta and winning at Road America. Yeah, I agree. And it's to me, it's just one of those things. Like he, He'll be really good one week and then really bad the next week. And so if he can ever find any kind of consistency which he was there at the beginning of the season i think he could be a definite threat moving in to the round of uh 16 and the round of 12 because he's he's locked in and he's definitely got enough points he's not going to get bumped out if someone else you know we get to 16 winners and someone else wins a race below him so i feel like he's pretty safe even if we get to 16 plus winners but to me it, it just doesn't set right with me just the way you know now you're you you've got 18 months left on this contract and i could see rcr basically saying well you know you're still contracted with us but that doesn't mean you get to race in our race car mm-hmm. yeah. so i mean that could totally happen and we need to remember that ty Dillon is also his contract is up with mm-hmm. uh, the 42 car so he's no longer going to be racing in that next year hence why he was racing so hard uh sunday to try to get that card to the best finish as possible, get those sponsors the looks, and he's driving for a job. So could they potentially bring Ty Dillon over there and put him in the eight car? It's it's possible. I mean, he's not going to be driving with a team next year as of right now. So there's just a lot of moving pieces mm-hmm. to this, and I feel like Tyler Reddick's doing what he thinks is best for him, but at the same time, I think he's kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit as far as his team relationships go. Yeah, and and it's going to be interesting because Ty Dillon, obviously a grandson of Richard Childress, 
So that would that would put a lot uh, for a shot of him getting that eight car. Obviously, Corey LaJoy running good. He could get an upgrade, go to that car. We got some guys in the Xfinity series running good. Austin Hill, two-time winner this series this season. Uh, he's with the RCR guys. They might bring him up. So there's a there's a lot that could happen with this eight car ride. And and obviously he does have the contract, but it doesn't mean he's gonna race in that car next year. So we're just gonna have to see how it plans out. And um, this year, these this playoffs, I think it really suits to Tyler Reddick. The first round is uh, is three races that I think he's really, really good at. The middle round, he can obviously go off in the Rova or Talladega and take one of those. And obviously, he's run good at Texas. He's ran well with Austin Dillon there. We, they uh, Austin Dillon won the race, and uh, he finished second. But going into the last round, Homestead's a good, good shot for him to get a, get a win, one of those tracks where you have to be on the wall. And uh, when I think of a guy who's going to go to the wall, I think of Tyler Reddick. So this is the playoffs, the way they're set up, Tyler Reddick has a shot by the races, uh, but he might have, he might not anymore just because of uh, the whole thing between 2311 and now RCR and, and uh, Tyler Reddick. So we're going to see how this plays out towards the end of the year, um, but... I think for Pocono, we're going to have to pick some guys. So I'm going to go with the Toyota group. I think uh, I think one of the Toyotas is going to get it, and I think it's going to be Martin Truex. I think he needs the win. He ran well uh, at New Hampshire, and I feel like this is a track that he can do it. He wants to lock it up quickly, so I think he'll get it. Yeah, and he was pretty dejected at the end of the New Hampshire race. I, I know on PRN when they interviewed him, he he was just, man, we had the car to beat, and the adjustments that we made at the end of the race just didn't pan out for us. Me, uh, I'm going to pick a Ford. I'm going to think Kevin Harvick breaks the drought. It's been almost 700-something days since he's won a cup race. That seems <laughs> unreal because the last time he won, I think, was, what, September 20th of 2020? I think that's right. That sounds mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Sounds and that was the right. year that he won, what, uh, nine races? Yeah. So he, huge drought for him right now. Um, and again, finished top five in New Hampshire. So I'm going to pick Harvick. I, I think he gets into the playoffs. He's the first man out currently. Yeah. Well, thank you, David Styles, for joining me. I'm JC Fickinger. Thanks for stopping by the garage. Yeah.